0: Are you ready? Go. Let's go. Now circling in the neutral zone. Here's the pitch on the way. 36 yards for the win. This. Here comes a big chance. The
1: shot is. 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 this
0: the tiger. The neutral zone. Score! Home run. Oh good! This is as good as it gets. The neutral zone is brought to you by the Ontario Para Network. Follow them online at onpara.ca. Now, here's your host, two-time Paralympian, rock richardson welcome to the neutral zone on this new
2: venture i am indeed host rock richardson and i'm joined by cam jenkins claire buchanan and josh watson guys how are you
3: doing great it's uh, great to be back on the podcast and a new year so happy 2024 to all our uh, listeners and um, the old listeners and the new listeners that we'll be having. And yeah, just looking forward to doing this again
1: and uh, having a little quote unquote chat
3: about
4: sports.
1: Yeah. It's exciting to be back and what a way to start off the new year with you guys.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait to be back. Can't wait to do this all again. It's going to be fun guys.
2: We are sponsored by the Ontario Paris sports network and they focus on growth, development of wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby, and tennis. As we move on with our venture, I would like to thank our previous sponsor of Accessible Media Inc. Without them, we would not be where we are today. Guys, I give you the floor. If you'd like to give a final thank you to AMI, starting with Claire.
1: Yeah, I mean, going forward, you... uh... You definitely need to kind of look back to see where you've been to uh, appreciate where you are. So, uh, very grateful and very lucky to be able to have a platform and 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 do this for so many so many years up to now. And yeah, big huge thanks to AMI Audio to giving us that space and and uh, letting us uh, do what we love every week and talking about sports.
3: Cameron yeah huge uh, shout out to AMI audio um without them we would not have been able to do this podcast so thank you so much for being able to um give us a platform to be able to talk about para sports and um you know the pro sports too um up to like when we started to do this uh, with AMI about six years ago, um, there wasn't really a lot of podcasts about para sports. So it was nice to be able to bring that to, um, you know, the listening airwaves of the uh, social media and internet and to be able to talk about that and to be able to really um, get people uh, with more knowledge and uh, about para sports, so uh, thank you to AMI. Um, so grateful and looking forward with the Ontario Para Sports Network uh, to
4: keep moving forward and to keep uh, talking about para sports and bringing it to the world. Yeah, it's uh, AMI has been a great place for us to learn our craft and to grow and develop. And here we are with a podcast that we can bring to Ontario Para Network and just continue to grow and continue to find a larger audience and spread the good word about parasport it's going to be great
2: yeah i think uh for me ami has been a place where i have gotten to can we say launch my career um if it wasn't for ami i wouldn't be where i am Uh, today i think that ami has given me a platform and it stems back from when i was uh, part of uh, Voices for Ability, which was where we really began our our Neutral Zone, um, and it's a really great uh, partnership. I'm still doing some work uh, with AMI, which you'll find out in a minute when we get into our headlines, but very much appreciate AMI's uh, six-plus years of uh, their dedication to us, and we're looking forward to working now with Ontario Para Network. Let's get into our headlines.
0: Neutral Zone Headlines. headlines. headlines.
3: Yeah, so i'm uh, cameron jenkins and um yeah just talking a little bit about me um i was uh with uh, the w- reason why i got into sports is obviously growing up i uh, loved watching hockey uh, my beloved toronto maple leafs um and toronto blue jays uh and then from there um there was some opportunities to start to get involved in parasports and that started off with uh sledge hockey and they now call they now call it para Ice hockey and yeah from there i just love sports and i was lucky enough to be able to be part um, of the um, uh, voices for ability i was brought on as a volunteer to help um, and that's when this uh, neutral zone uh, podcast started Um, so i just love talking sports always have Um, And then to be able to add to it talking about parasports, that's just unbelievable uh, because, you know, back in the 1800s when I was born, um, that wasn't uh, an option to be able to talk about parasports because there wasn't any. So to see how far it's come, um, that's, it's just so unbelievable. Uh, and then to be able to um, start this venture and then uh, Brock he later came on as the host and uh, he brought this idea to AMI-audio and you know it just kind of went from there and now we're from AMI-audio uh, to the Ontario Sports Network so um, that's kind of me and my broadcast uh, uh life uh in a nutshell and i'm just so looking forward to talking about sports again so
1: my cameron so hi everybody i am claire buchanan uh similar to cam i started uh in parasports um as a young kid, uh, getting into it, um, just like any other kid that uh, grows up lo- watching sports and and wanting to do the same things, I was lucky enough to uh, get into para sports at a young age and it uh, led me to being a high performance athlete in uh, wheelchair basketball and, and now para hockey, which I mean in my world, whether you're born in the 1800s or not, will always be called sledge hockey. Uh, and, uh, it, Uh, it brought me to the neutral zone as initially as a guest to, uh, spread the news and and talk about my journey with, uh, women's para hockey and at the time uh, where it was in its, uh, growth stage. And, uh, it, it, led me to then being brought on, uh, to be part of the team, um, yeah, I am currently a para-hockey athlete with a women's team. I uh, just finished my ninth season with them. and. Uh, outside of that, I am a mom of a great and fun and, and silly six-year-old that uh, brings a lot of joy into my life and makes it interesting as an athlete as well. And uh, I'd like to take this time to uh, welcome back not only our, our previous listeners to on the list, uh, Neutral Zone, but our, our new listeners that we will be having um, in in this new home of ours with the uh, Ontario Para Network, so yeah, I'm mean, I'm just excited to be back with you guys, and why why not do it the first week of January? So I, I'm just I'm so glad to be here and be able to dive into sports and and, and chat with you guys every week.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be fun, uh, and I'm Brock Richardson, and. Hi. Oh, sorry, Josh. Go ahead. My bad.
1: <laughs> Sometimes we cut each other off here on this oh. show, so just get used to it. Yeah,
4: it'll happen. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a little rusty. We're a little rusty. No, we don't. Not at all. Not at all. What are you doing? Um, so my name is Joshua Watson. I am a licensed insurance broker's assistant. I started my parasport journey back in high school when I was a track and field athlete for my local high school uh, made it to OFSA a number of times, took a break from it after high school to go find a career and get established and move to the big city of Toronto and, well, Mississauga. I shouldn't lump us all in together, that's rude. Um, joined Cruiser Sports in about 2005 where I started as a sledge hockey player and got to the end of my first sledge hockey season and decided I was going to join the track and field team, only to discover that track was not really going to work for me. I don't quite have the build for distance movement, apparently. So I ended up uh, talking to my hockey coach, and he said, well, why don't you come and throw? And I looked at him, I said, throw what? How am I going to do that? Because my only experience had been track. So. He said, no, no, we have para-throwing as well. You can do shot put, javelin, or discus. And I said, I, I get to throw things and nobody gets upset. I like this. Okay, let's do this. So I entered into track and field initially as a uh, an off-season kind of training for para-hockey as my computer decides to tell me about an update, which I don't need. Don't do the uh, update. <laughs> Definitely not. So I've been with <laughs> Cruiser Sports ever since. Recently took a bit of a step back from the para hockey just to focus on a pretty big life change. I am engaged, looking forward to getting married in September of this year. So yay for 2024. It's going to be a wild and crazy ride. And best part of it is we get to come back and talk about sports.
2: And I'm Brock Richardson and I'm your host. And here's what you should know about me. I went to broadcast school in 2015 with a program called An Accessible Voice for All. This is a program that was specifically designed for individuals with disabilities. I took that program over a uh, 24 week course and then I uh, got involved with Accessible Media Inc. I'm currently a contributor for them and uh, it's a variety of different platforms and shockingly, I talk sports with them too. I am a uh, two time Paralympic athlete in the sport of bocce competing in Beijing uh, 2008 and London 2012 Games as well. I've competed at a number of World Championships and you may hear people refer to it as bocce. I refuse to take debate; It has always been known to me as bocce. So that is how I will refer to it. But that's a little bit about me and my panel, Cameron, you're going to tell the audience a little bit about how this platform is going to work.
3: Yeah, I'm uh, moving forward with the neutral zone, or we'll call it a 2.0, uh, just for reference. Um, so yeah, here's how it's gonna work. We're gonna record an episode, approximately an hour in length, and that's gonna be every week. And I believe it's gonna be dropping uh, every Tuesday. And each week, uh, the panel's gonna consist of uh, our fearless uh, leader, Brock. And then it's going to be two people, it's either going to be Josh, Claire, or myself. And yeah, each week we're going to be having quote unquote, air quotes, lively discussions. I like to call them chats or um, arguments or call them whatever you want, but that's what we'll be doing. Um, and yeah, it's going to, obviously it's going to be pertaining to uh pair sports and also pro sports. And we hope you enjoy um, all the tomfoolery and discussions and uh, that we're going to bring to you every week. So we hope you enjoy it.
0: And here's how you can get all of us on X. And welcome back to the Neutral Zone broadcast booth. Play ball! We're set to get this ball game underway. The first pitch is brought to you by Brock Richardson's X account at Neutral Zone BR. Strike! pitch and a strike. Hey gang, why not strike up a chat with Claire Buchanan from the Neutral Zone? Find her on X at Neutral Zone CB. There's a swing of the chopper out to second base right at Claire as she picks up the ball, throws it over to the first base for a routine play. And fans, there's nothing routine about connecting with Cam and Josh from the Neutral Zone at Neutral Zone Cam J and at J Watson 200. And the neutral zone is brought to you by the Ontario Para Network. Connect with them at ON Para Network. Follow them online at onpara.ca. Now that's a winning combination. Okay, guys, uh, for
2: our first discussion of this uh, venture and this year as we begin uh, with 2024, we're going to talk a little bit about the Para Pan Am Games which uh, was the most recent major event. Uh, when we look at the Para Pan American Games, Canada got a total of 52 medals. Off the front of the conversation, would you guys consider this as a success? Let's start with Josh.
4: Personally, I... Do believe it was a successful venture um, we had a lot of very very high-profile athletes who did very very well at these games so overall I I don't see how we can consider it any uh, any sort of um, negative personally um, 52 medals is nothing to sneeze at in my opinion I know when it came to The medal standings, we didn't look like we placed very high. But that's because the medal table is always based on gold medals first, which I'm sure we're going to discuss in a little bit. And, I mean, just because you don't win a gold medal doesn't mean a silver or a bronze is any less of an achievement, in my opinion. So, from my standpoint, absolutely it was a success. Cameron, what about you?
3: Yeah, I think it was a huge success anytime you're able to get 53 medals. Um, And you also have to remember about the number of um, people that they send there as well. Um, And I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that they sense as many people as they have in previous years. But uh, I think it was a huge success. And I really think that it was a huge success in para swimming specifically. Um, because you had uh, Tays McDonald, I believe he got uh, three or four medals, and you also have uh, Lou uh, Fernando, uh, who's won a couple of medals in the pool as well. And as we know from the Olympics and Paralympics, it seems like the most um, uh, the most events uh, seem to be in those uh, uh, swimming events. So you can always rack up a lot of medals when it comes uh, to the pair of swimming. So. Um, I think it was a huge success, and I think it's only going to get stronger moving forward for the uh, Canadian
4: para-athletes.
1: I couldn't agree with you more, Cameron. Uh, So the Parapan American Games, uh, I believe, absolutely was a success. And uh, we're currently in a Paralympic year, so having the Parapan American Games is obviously a great lead up to see, uh, where the national team is, uh, in all their respects, um, leading into, uh, a year like this, uh, going into Paris and, uh, we, over the last few years, I've really felt like we are beginning to reach our peak at the right time, especially when it's concerning, uh, track and field and, and swimming, like you said, Cam, um, Great point, Josh. That it's not just about gold medals. It's uh, athletes going in there, it, getting on that podium. That's a success for an athlete. Absolutely, yes. We all want a gold medal, but uh, we gotta we gotta show the uh, the respect and success of of those athletes that ended up with silver and, and bronze medals as well. And I wanted to touch on. Um, a new face uh into a, a new sport uh, alex hayward is a previous wheelchair basketball athlete um who was in the wheelchair basketball canada program um when i was there and uh he recently switched to uh para cycling and and he he walked away with two golds a silver and a bronze at at the Parapan pan american games so uh he is definitely one to watch out for and it and it's athletes like that that are kind of making their mark and and kind of uh shocking uh the world a little bit that uh canada is here and um we might be one of the ones with uh a gold medal around our necks on uh, on the cycling track as well so i'm excited for paris and this was obviously a great lead up, up up to that and uh yeah definitely a success for team canada
2: yeah what a way to uh go in and get one of each medal plus an extra gold. Like if you're going (laughs) to, if you're going to do it, that's the way you're going to do it. Uh, You're going to
4: Oh, absolutely come home with a set. Why not?
2: I mean, as an athlete, if if you're going to be close, I'd be a little upset because, you know, I, I I want things to be the way they should. I'd be like, well, if I had a chance to get all three, I'd like to get all three. So good for him. Uh, Congratulations, uh, Alex on uh, your success. And now hopefully we get you on this little podcast that we do as we're going to, uh, Talk to different uh, para-athletes over the course of uh, this podcast, and we're going to uh, use the uh, Parapan Am Games as our our platform to talk about people's successes and everything in between. So stay tuned on future episodes of this particular podcast. Um, Something that bothers me a little bit, actually, to be honest, it's a lot. It bothers me. Uh, Josh touched on it a little bit, but Canada got uh, 52 medals, which is Good enough for uh, 8th place on the overall medals. Um, But they were behind Chile and Cuba. But both of those nations had less overall medals than Canada. So we factor in them getting a higher seed because they had more gold medals. Am I the only one that gets bothered by this? Or do we think that overall medals should be where we look at. Let's go with uh, Cameron, Claire, and then Josh.
3: Yeah, it certainly bothers me. If you have um, more medals, then I think that should be the way it's weighted. Um, Like, if you have like 100 medals, but only two gold, and then another person has like three gold and no other medals, they're going to be weighted higher than the country that's gotten 100 medals. Like... The math just doesn't add up for me, or the reasoning, or the logic. It just doesn't add up. Like it should just go by total metals, but yet they do it this way. So, it'd be really interesting to you know have somebody on the program, or if anyone else knows why they weight it this way, um, just have a discussion to have a better understanding. Because to me. Makes no sense whatsoever.
1: I would love to have that discussion with someone who actually either was a part of that decision making or or kind of knows the uh, the whys of 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 why it's formatted that way. Because I absolutely agree is that uh, we touched on this uh, a few minutes ago. Is that getting on the podium is a success and and that should be recognized and uh, it it should be. Uh, portrayed and in, in, in total medals and and I guess I would have it flipped uh counting total medals and 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 have an asterisk beside it of of how many gold medals and um yes a gold medal is 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 higher and it's it's a higher place than silver and bronze but I feel like there shouldn't be that much gap between the other two medals of of kind of the the hard work and the respect and and all that that goes behind even getting on the podium itself so
4: i totally agree with both of you i do understand that the idea of this kind of sport is to strive for the top of the mountain so to speak and that's fantastic everyone i think goes into their sport wanting to win the ultimate prize but to to sit there and say well this country places higher than say canada because they have x number of gold medals when maybe those are a third of the total medals that canada won Just doesn't make sense to me. And I mean, you've just heard through the program how to reach us on X. So if you know why this is the decision that's made, reach out to us. Let us know. Educate us. We'd love to learn. So overall, I think we all agree here that total medals should be the way to go. I understand striving for the top of the mountain, but it just it doesn't make sense. And it looks it, it, it makes it look like you're less successful if you show up on a medal table as eighth, even though people look at it and go, well, wait a minute, they had more medals than the top seven. How does that work? So that's my two cents.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, Cameron, you brought it up pretty well. I mean, if, if a country has a hundred medals and no gold medals, but 99 of those are, are other, a hundred of those are other medals. and somebody has one, does that mean then that, that one person gets higher? It, that would make the table really look really uh, askew. I think now when you look at it, you don't see that sort of imbalance as much as that drastic example because it's not as obvious as, you know, uh, Brazil got 100 medals and then Canada got one. It's not It's not that much of a drastic change necessarily but it's just it's weird to me like and and I think I don't know this for a fact I'm going to research it um and f- see if we can get someone to talk about it but I think I think the the essence of the understanding is that a gold medal is worth more than silver and bronze but in Canada here we have something called own the podium and when you own the podium whether it's gold silver or bronze that means more funding so Canada views it as on the podium. It's not on the gold medal. It's on the podium, Claire.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, we touched on it. It's uh, athletes go in there. They they obviously some athletes, if they've done had a previous result of a bronze or silver, then they are striving for that next level up. That's what you do as an athlete. You're striving to do better than your last result. Uh, but yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Canada does have a system in place with Own the Podium to, to strive to just to get on that podium and have as many Canadians as possible in those three spots on the podium, no matter what they are. We just we want to have as many Canadians represented on that podium.
2: One of the greatest memories that I have uh, from my career was not myself getting a medal, but it was, I was at the Water Cube in uh, Beijing, uh, China in 2008. And I remember I was in the in the stadium in the stands and they would do some heats and then they would give away some medals and they would do more heats and they would give away medals. Like swimming does this thing where they kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a flowing process because, you know, there's lots of heats, there's lots of uh, classifications and at one point the... Um, he stopped and they said, okay, we're going to give the medal away for X class. I can't remember which class it was, but we're going to give the medals away for X class. And what ended up happening was Canada won gold, silver, and bronze. And in that moment, none of the Canadians cared who won what color. It was a moment of pride. It was a moment of, of, of like, hey, we did this as a country. We did this as a unit as a team as all this and it was individual medals that were given out but it still had that vibe of we did this as individuals but as a group together and i think that that's the moment josh where you kind of look and you go this is what it's about it's not about number it's about
4: what we accomplished as a country absolutely i totally agree and in some of these sports the there is actual judging that goes on and so if if a judge happens to rule one way or another in your event you can end up in silver instead of gold and so why should that be any less of an accomplishment so it just it makes sense to me that we would change to a total medal situation while still understanding that the goal is to earn a gold medal but I don't think you have to tell any athlete that that's the goal
2: obviously I mean if, if it wasn't the goal going to any event of winning you know the top spot then your coaches and your coaching staff need to have a different conversation i think we're all wired in such a way where we want to win the gold medal but i think it's it's a really bad look when you look and say this means more than that in a gold and silver or bronze situation it's just it's not it's not a good look and i i think what it would take is for one situation, somebody to say, and I'll go back to Cameron's example, such and such a country won 100, 100 medals, none of which were gold, and then Canada wins one gold, and they become higher than, than the next. And it's just, it's not the appropriate way to look at it. And I, and I think it just needs to be changed. But we need to see the imbalance in front of us and looking directly at us and saying, this is what it looks like. Because until that point, it's not going to change, uh, I don't believe. Uh, another discussion I wanted to have in this topic was going back to the uh, Parapan Am games, uh, CBC had uh, the broadcast rights for this event as they often have done and they had three different channels uh, running at any given point during the event and they would pick and choose which events you would watch. And in this particular case that I'm talking about, we're talking about the Bocce event. it was, a pairs gold medal match uh, and they were in the middle of the game and CBC decided to cut out of the middle of the game into the uh, men's bronze medal basketball game and so instead of using another channel they cut out and they flipped it into the wheelchair basketball. We never got to see the end of this uh, pairs match because they never cut back to the boccia match and here we sit. I think this is an example where CBC kind of fell a little bit short on us here. I think that we should have the ability to pick and choose with streaming services and what's available, whether we want to see what we want to see. I just think it was a poor representation of what they're hoping to do. I'm hoping it was accidental and it was a mistake. But your thoughts on this go with uh, Claire, then Cameron, then Josh.
1: Right to the point. If they're going to show a match, no matter what sport it is, it should be shown right to the very end. If you're going to show a wheelchair basketball game, show the entire game. If you're going to show a tennis match, show the entire match. That we shouldn't, there shouldn't be a cut to another sport and not seeing another uh, sport and and match fully played through. I think that's uh, it. It hinders the representation that we're trying to get in para sport. Is that yes? There's these sports that, up until this point, have gotten more broadcasting and do get more attention, uh, just from the growth of the sport and 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 how it's portrayed. And it's it's situations like that that kind of puts us a step back, um, where we're trying to get all parasports sports on the same level of representation and, and, uh, showing the general public. That's what it's all about is we as para athletes, we know that these things are happening because we're watching and we're involved in the community, but it's, it's the general public of our able body uh, counterparts out there that, uh, need to see this representation that, uh, a, a bocce match is is just as exciting and just as important to see all the way through than any other sport. And uh, like you said, Brock, I hope that it was a uh, a mistake or kind of a, oops, uh, we shouldn't have done that. Um, uh, because I think, uh, yeah, like I said, if they're going to show a program, it's it's, it's got to be shown all the way through.
3: When that happens... It brought me back all the way to probably the 1980s when Dave Hodge was the uh, host of Hockey Night in Canada. And they were showing, I believe it was a playoff game, maybe it was just a regular season hockey game. And they ended up cutting uh, to the national and didn't show the rest of the game. And he did the old pen flip or the um, pencil flip. And he was so angry over that. And I don't know if he was ever with Hockey Night in Canada after that. Um, like Clara said, if you're going to show the match, show the entire match. Like, you have three different channels that can show other events. It's not as though that – like, it wasn't even regionally uh, broadcast where, you know, they have the blackouts in place if you can't watch in other provinces. Like – you can watch it on all three channels and it's not blacked out. So put one on one, keep it there and then have the wheelchair basketball. Um, Now I know why this happens as well is because a lot of the time they wanna put the most popular sport on that will get them the most ad revenue. But once again, you have three channels. <laughs> so put it on one channel and you might get more ad revenue from whatever channel you're streaming it on compared to the other channel. Maybe the ad streaming won't be as much because less people will watch that. But like, it's just ridiculous with having three channels that you can't keep the game on. And off the top of my head, I can't think of any reason why they would do that, even due to ad revenues because they have three different channels so yeah off the top of it unless somebody can convince me otherwise um, it's just a bit disrespectful um, to the um, para sports community and or that specific sport and i hope that that changes moving forward because um, cbc Gem whether it's the Parapans or whether they had the Paralympics, they had so many channels online that you could watch on the CBC Gem app with a whole bunch of uh, different sports on there. And that is such an improvement um, for the parasports community to be able to watch that when the Paralympics are on um, or the pair of pans on. So shout out to them, but I think there's a little bit of uh, improvement that needs to be done to be able to
4: show the entire game. Yeah, I agree with both of you, and I, I do have a few thoughts on this, and I'll try to be succinct. Tell
1: us how you really feel, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> lots of time. Take it okay. away.
4: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> screw, screw being succinct then. Well... Uh There's no hour program. (laughs) Proceed. First and foremost, in a perfect world, absolutely, every event should be shown in full on some kind of platform. I can remember back in the 90s when one of my former hockey teammates, Curtis Tom, was competing in, I believe it was Athens, and you couldn't see the matches live unless you tuned in at like two in the morning because of the time change which is fine but their solution at the time was to do a highlight sports package thing in the middle of like december when the event was six months old it made no sense so from that regard we've come a long way having said that in a perfect world, yes, every event should be shown in its entirety. These streaming platforms, there, there should be room for that. I would be curious on that particular day what other sports were being shown on the other channels, because I, I've I've come to enjoy bocce since uh, since the four of us have gotten together. Uh, in knowing Brock, I've I've learned a lot about the sport, and I find it fascinating. I would have loved to have watched that event. Having said that, if I take the average person on the street, are they going to know what bocce is versus wheelchair basketball? Unfortunately, no. So it makes sense to me from an eyeball and from an understanding perspective that the wheelchair basketball would be shown. But again, that was a gold medal match. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It could be equestrian, it could be bocce, it could be tiddlywinks. The the, the game should have been shown in full because it is a gold medal game. So where do we go from here? I'm not sure because it costs money to have a camera and an operator at every event. I understand this. It also costs money to have commentators at every event. I understand this. But the only way these sports are going to grow is if they get that exposure. So how do we do this? It's going to come down to sponsorship. We're going to have to somehow bring more sponsorship into these large events so that we can afford to have representation in every sport. Because for me, I always go back to track and field. Because I, ever since I started as a thrower, I love the field side of track and field. But if you watch any Parapans, if you watch any Paralympics up until recently, when these streaming platforms have started, what you will find is that it will be... You know, today on CBC Sports, we're going to focus on the track and track and field and at the, the bird's nest or wherever we are. And you think, oh, great, we're, g- we're going to get to see track and field. And because we have Canadians who are metal hopefuls, we'll, we'll get to see field events. No, 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 no. What you end up with is you end up with a field event that is shown for about 30 seconds to two minutes while the track is being reset for the next track event. Because for some reason, there seems to be a a feeling that field events aren't as exciting. I don't know why. Um, A good friend of mine, Renee Fossel, has been competing for Canada for years now. I very rarely get to actually see her compete because they don't focus on her event. They'd rather show me a 100-meter cp race or visually impaired race or wheelchair race than to focus on a metal hopeful throwing a shot put i don't know why but i can only assume it comes down to
1: money yeah and we we do have to give a lot of uh respect and uh to CBC that over over the past few years they they have done a great job of expanding their ex- exposure of sports and uh, having the access to CBC Gem for competitions like this is fantastic. I it's I love being able to just have sports on the entire time and have that many options of being able to go back and forth. But if we go back to our previous conversation about uh, if they see the importance of uh, gold medals as highest and more important than other medal sports um, that are competing for silver medals or, or like wheelchair basketball, there was a bronze medal match. Why are we switching to a bronze medal match when we have Canadians competing for a gold medal? If you're if you're gonna say that gold medals are above all and more important than anything, then why are we switching a gold medal match to a bronze medal match just because of its sport? And it's it's bocce bocce can't get to the 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 level that wheelchair basketball is in terms of exposure and sponsorship and stuff if no one's being able to access it. And it's situations like that that uh Kind of shoots the sport in the foot a little bit, uh, and um, kind of puts it out to the the general public that ah, oh, this sport isn't as important when it really when it is. And uh, Josh, you made a great point. Over the P- these past few years, I have become a huge bocce fan. One because I didn't really know what it was about, and because I hadn't seen it, and I didn't know anybody who was playing the sport, and now I do. And now it's getting more exposure than what I was seeing a few years ago, and I want to see more of it because we have we have a handful of Canadians playing the sport right now that are top of their class, and and they're putting gold medals on, and like we're we're standing and sitting up top the the podium in that sport, so it's it's got to get the respect that it's so giving out.
2: I this is a why I know that the group that. I work with is a solid group because I'll tell you that when I brought this topic to to the table and I was putting it together, I thought to myself briefly, I thought, uh, are you being a homer because this is your sport? Are you being the guy that says, eh, I'll take my ball and go home because bocce's not represented. And in that conversation. The answer to that is unequivocally no, uh, because it what happened was was wrong. What happened, and I hope it was an oversight, and I want to emphasize that, I hope that CBC made a mistake, because they have done great work, and we do have great partnerships with CBC, Scott Russell, Devin Haru. We love all of them, okay? But but there are situations where you look at a scenario and you say, hmm, this wasn't appropriate, and this is the moment where I step and I think Alison Levine is the number one woman in the world, folks. Like, this isn't, this isn't just somebody who says, oh, you know, she's, she's top 20 and her partner's top whatever. Th- these guys are top of the table, period, full stop, and I'm so glad you guys brought it up in the fact that if, if we bring this up and say gold medals mean more, then put that on first. And to me, this just shows the whole wheelchair basketball means more to the eyeballs than any other sport. And I don't think that that's true. I think that people will, 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 will you know, come if you put it on. And that's an example of that, in my opinion. So for me, highly felt uh, disrespected in my own sport. And it's just, it's unfortunate. It really is But uh, botch is a great sport, and they ended up winning the gold medal. So congratulations to them, and we'll speak to both of them down the line as things progress. But um, any other comments Uh, from you guys, or should we
4: move on? I just was going to add, I have had so many people who have not known about Parasport who suddenly start watching because I remind them that it's on, and they sit and they watch it, and they go, that was amazing. I've, I've never seen that before, but that was so much fun to watch. I don't like sports, but that was fun to watch. And it's all because it's put in front of them. I, I have a friend who hates hockey. She will not watch an NHL hockey game. She will not watch hockey at the Olympics. But I actually got her out to an arena a number of years ago to watch me play hockey. And I can tell you, I'm not the best hockey player. So it was not just because I was there. If she had not enjoyed it, she would not have come back. But she did. And so it's, you're not going to grow the exposure, you're not going to grow these games unless you put them in front of people. And when you put them in front of people, people are going to get invested in them.
3: And like any sport, I think as well, um, you have to have some sort of personal um, pull towards it. Uh, As an example, um, I'm not a huge figure skater lover. I'm not afraid to admit that.
2: Really, Cameron? I would have never guessed that. N-
3: no, not, not a figure skater lover. <laughs> However, when my goddaughter says, Cameron, can you come out to my figure skating competition? You're damn right I'm going to go, and you're damn right I'm going to promote it, or you're damn right I'm going to uh, love it because it's my goddaughter. So... It, there has to be a personal pull, I think, there sometimes for somebody to um, go to a sport or an event. Um, it doesn't even have to be a sporting event or just whatever it is, um, to have a pull towards it or to say you like it because there's somebody else that loves it. And you're um, just pulled in by that. So, um, it's best to get the exposure as much as we can, Um, and hopefully people do uh, fall in love with it or do really enjoy it. Um, I think I'm also realistic enough to know that um, uh, with parasports, you know, it's people that end up liking it or watching it because they like you as a person.
2: Yeah, and I mean, we've had people say, I've had people come up about this very podcast, The Neutral Zone, who have said to me, I'm no sports fan. But you guys bring it to a level that we can understand. I'm not going to use the word that they use when, when talking about it because, you know, whatever. But we bring it to a level that they understand. And when you do that and somebody can really understand something, whether it's football, whether it's parasport, whether it's whatever it is, then it brings them into understanding, to want to watch it, to know it, to to believe in it. And this really brings us into our, our final topic of the day as we reach uh, just under 15 minutes left in uh, today's show. But this brings us into our last topic, and that is the Professional Women's Hockey League has come back after eight years of uh, time. The last time we've had a a women's league is in uh, 2015. And so, Claire, as the uh, resident woman on this uh, panel, I want to start with you on this one. What has happened, in your opinion? over the last eight years that has led to this very moment.
1: Continuous tenacity by those players. Uh, I was at CWHL games volunteering at t-shirt tables and showing up to the All-Star game and uh, just being involved as much as possible because, I mean, women's para hockey is, is in its own spot similar to that, um, trying to get the exposure and growth. And it's, it's a huge day, not only just for women's hockey, but hockey in general. And we've had this discussion, this entire show of how much representation, uh, truly matters and, and the effect that it has, um, when, when you really put it in front of the, the general audience. And, uh, it's, uh, I've heard a lot today that it's, a uh, it's a it's a terrible day for those people who say, "Oh, who watches women's hockey?" Well, we have uh, we have four teams that sold out their seasons tickets in 48 hours. Our three Canadian teams sold out their season tickets. Those those stadiums are packed, and they're going to be packed every single game through this season and next and next. And it's uh, it's it's really incredible because when you think about it, um, up until this point when you finished your college hockey career as a women, female hockey player, the only other place that you could really go up from there was the Olympics. And if you didn't crack the Canadian squad or the Olympic squad, uh, your your hockey career was kind of over, but you have so much talent within yourself that uh, you are a professional hockey player. And it just, it really opens that window and that those doors to, now there's a true path from uh, rack hockey to college hockey uh, and now to pro hockey. There isn't this gap between college women's hockey and and the Olympics um and it's 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 about the next generation right? it's those little girls and those those hockey players that are in college right now that are are just gonna push harder and and and, and work their tails off because now they can go, they can go get a paycheck. They don't have to work two jobs, um, which I can tell you is not an easy feat. Uh, so that in itself is 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 a huge monkey off their backs for sure. They can they can truly focus on just being hockey players now.
2: Cameron, what do you think's led to this moment? And then Josh.
3: Yeah, it's been a lot of hard work by a lot of hardworking women, and I'm so What's happy. What's the
1: score? I was just about to Google that.
3: <laughs> that they've been able to accomplish this. Um, the Toronto game is currently on right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm watching it as we're doing the podcast. Yeah, it was, uh, well, unless somebody scored in the last couple minutes, it's one, nothing New York. Um, and Ella Shelton, uh, is the first ever woman to score a goal in the, uh, PWHL. So, um, that's history right there. And I really hope, um, I think PWHL is really doing it right because they're going uh, to stadiums or to arenas that are about 5,000, 6,000 people uh, that can – you know, get tickets to be able to go to those games. Um, and I think they're going to end up growing it uh, from there. So uh, to be quite honest with you, um, I thought that they may be playing where the Marlies played. Uh, however, they're at the Mattamy Centre in Toronto, um, and I'm not sure about uh, some of the other teams. Ottawa, I think they're with the Ottawa 67s, maybe their old barn. Um, so... Uh, And a a lot of the other ones in Boston so on and so forth, I don't know where they are. But I I think the PWHL is really doing it right by starting small and kind of working their way up because they will – get up to the point where they're going to be able to do a Marley's arena or to be able to go to the, um, it's not called the ACC anymore, the Scotiabank Center. And they're going to be able to go to those NHL rinks um, because they're going to get more sponsors um, year after year and they're going to be able to build it up right. So I think the PWHL is doing a phenomenal job to do that and everybody's equal at the end of the day. So I hope that they're able to build up the league like they can, um, or like they have with the NHL. Um, And gone are the days where, you know, it's just men playing sports and uh, women can thrive and uh, be in uh, huge organizations making uh, a lot of money uh, to do what they love to do. So good on the PWHL. Um, I hope Toronto scores a goal before we end this broadcast so we can talk about that too or I can say something. But um, yeah, good on the PWHL and uh, congratulations to all the women um, that have uh Um, built it up to this day to
4: where it is congratulations absolutely i am very excited i was hoping to catch some of the game before we sat down to record because i cannot see my tv from my podcasting station but i i'm very excited to see that there's there's one league and that everyone seems to be together I think the choice of the, the different franchises that have started the league are great choices. Toronto, Ottawa, New York, just to name a few. And I, I think there's a Minnesota team. I think, they, correct me if I'm wrong, is there a Montreal team as well? Perfect. Boston, Minnesota, Montreal, Toronto, New York, Perfect. Ottawa. I think those are great markets. I think they're a great place to start growing the game and if you don't think that women's hockey is enjoyable hockey you haven't been paying attention it's just just that simple it's an amazing product it's an amazing sport and especially here in toronto you're starting at a a cradle of of hockey in in the madame center which was maple leaf gardens for a number of years like what more iconic spot could you have it and I did see the opening of that game, the, the ceremonies and everything, and what an atmosphere. Absolutely incredible atmosphere. And I can't wait to see where this goes. Every
2: team will play uh, 12, uh, 24 games altogether, uh, 12 home games and 12 uh, road games. Um, and then the, the league, which I, again I think is making a smart decision in taking some time off. Uh, from itself to uh, accommodate for some, you know national team obligations that need to take place, world championships and things like that. So I think this is a really, really good thing to do. Um, is there a ceiling for this league? I, I think off the beginning of the broadcast, they mentioned that you know, the NHL started with the original six. How far do we think we can grow this game, Cameron?
3: Why not get it to 32 teams just like the National Hockey League can? Um, It would take a while to do it, but maybe uh, within the next, maybe not next year, but maybe within the next couple of years, maybe you'll see it doubled up to uh, 12 teams. Um, I know that... uh, you know, a few teams uh, that wanted to have a team were quite disappointed that uh, they couldn't get in the original uh, six teams. Um, so I think you're going to just see it expand and um, do it quite quickly. I think they'll want to maybe a year or two to, um, just to make things are going well before they do it, so maybe starting in year three. But you're going to see uh, women's hockey, and it's just going to hit everybody like a tidal wave, and people are going to enjoy the game. Um Cause it's, they play great. <laughs> like there's, yeah, yeah, there's differences between the men's game and the women's game, but hockey's hockey. Hockey is hockey. And I just, and I know they're going to do great. And they're going to be able to get the advertisers and sponsors and be able to go, go into different uh, arenas. Um, and it's proven because of the WNBA, they're doing phenomenal and they're in the big stadiums. So it's going to take time, but, uh, slow and uh, easy wins the race and they're going to do it. Clara, I know,
2: uh, that you had the opportunity, uh, to announce a pick at the, uh, draft that was held at the CBC building a number of months ago. Can you talk a little bit about that for us and what that experience was like?
1: It was incredible. Uh, for one being only a few feet away from Billie Jean King herself, who has somehow, uh, she's had a lot of help in building, uh, women's sports and stuff, but she, the work that she does just as herself and, and, and pushing for, uh, the, all sports to grow really, it hasn't, she's not just helping women's hockey grows. Um, she's put her knowledge in her, uh, Work ethic into growing all women's sports, um, but being at that event was uh, really cool. One because uh, I mean, just being around those athletes is cool, and uh, one of the uh, one of the great things that we've had over the years um, in connection with the women's para hockey uh, team is uh, the we've had a handful of women's uh, national team members from Team Canada. Uh, be at our camps and and really reach out to support us and and make sure and that they uh, show that they uh, want to see our sport grow just as much as theirs and uh, being in the same room and seeing those faces that uh, have continued to uh, support each other and 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 get to where they're at is really cool and uh, I mean growing up no matter what sport it is I've watched draft days here and there and it's it's exciting it's exciting to see who goes first overall and and what the teams look like and you have your favorite players that that you want them all to play for toronto and um yeah it it, it was it was exciting and being able to uh to share in that moment of of uh the excitement of being picked uh for that athlete was was pretty cool and uh being able to do that with uh, one of our rookie athletes, uh, Aubrey Clements, uh, is really cool too. Because it, uh, I, I've done over the last nine years, ten years. I've, I've done. I've been able to do a lot of cool things just because I'm a female para hockey player, and uh, to be able to share that with uh, one of our rookie athletes to show that um, you don't have to just. Box yourself into the parasport world. You you can you can really make a connection to uh, the able bodied uh, versions of hockey and and really connect to those athletes that uh, we grow up looking up to, uh, the Sarah nurses and. Um, Soupy that is in net right now, and hopefully she uh, can wa- uh, go away with a win today in Toronto. It's it's those athletes that um, we look up to. As, yeah, it was it was really cool just being in in that space all together.
2: I would love to see one of the women's programs uh, back the women's national sledge hockey program. You know, you talk about uh, the para ice hockey side of things for the Americans. They all have backing let's get one of the women uh, to to back that program and let's, let's see some of that get pushed forward because I think
1: that uh, that is actually currently happening. Uh, Gina Kingsbury um, she's retired now from the national team, but uh, she's been working with hockey Canada for quite some time now with their player development. And uh, she was actually at uh, the women's pair hockey worlds and, and watching our sport and connecting with us and uh there has been a handful of uh athletes from the women's national team that um we've been invited out to puck drops and uh, making sure they they definitely have done a great job of making sure that we are a part of those spaces when when we get the chance uh including the draft like they reached out to us they they knew they wanted to involve us and that's that's huge
3: and maybe the pwhl can help uh the women's national uh, para-ice hockey team in some way as well.
2: For sure, that's where it all gets going. Well, that is the end of our program for this week. I'd like to thank Cam Jenkins, Claire Buchanan, Josh Watson. I'd also like to thank our technical producer, Mark Aflolo and our new sponsor, Ontario Para Network. Until we meet again next week, be safe, be well.